scabbing gauchos. The week before Wildflower, we had collegiate nationals. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm the coach at UCSB, and Sean is the stud athlete probably in the history of UCSB, UCSB triathlon. You know. But yeah, last weekend, we traveled out to T Tuscaloosa, Alabama, University of Alabama hosted it, and Sean put on quite the show, which I would like to get into more in depth with him and hear his perspective on because we have it was a unique situation where because of the way the rooms worked out me and Sean even had to share a room so I got first-hand look at an athlete's roller coaster of emotions through and especially somebody like Sean if you know him who's super stable roller coaster of emotions through the weekend um, so yeah I'd like to start off the there are three races in collegiate nationals there's a draft legal sprint distance race the next day, there's an Olympic distance race, non-draft, and then they finish it off with a mixed team relay. This year was a little bit of a clusterfuck because they canceled the swim because there was a bit of a current in the river, and they wanted to make sure everybody was safe and everybody could finish the race. So they turned it into a duathlon, um, which meant a very, very, very different field would enter the draft legal race and the front, especially the top ten places in both races would be vastly different than they would have been had it been a triathlon. Um, so what were your thoughts when it switched to a duathlon? Honestly, unlike what people expected, I wasn't that stoked about it. Uh, we spent a lot of time this season getting me ready to be able to swim fast and be able to make that first swim group. So when I wasn't going to have the chance to, to really see where I'd come, and, and, and you know, I knew that I was like really coming a long way, so I thought I would be able to make that group. I was a little disappointed, and as you just alluded to, the, the people that I was going to be competing against were now going to be phenomenal runners, which, although that's my strength, uh, there's a lot of people in the country that are faster. So um, it's a lot f more fun to try to outrun swimmers than runners. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's always a play in triathlon where a guy is first out of the water or has a particularly great bike split and is leading on the run but ultimately it's about winning the race and I think what people overlook is especially for a guy like Sean he's not the best runner in the race he's the best runner of the guys who are off the bike in the top 20 or 30 of the race and that's the guy who wins um, so when they switched it to a duathlon you know we didn't really know who was going to show up yeah I mean it, w it wasn't a bad thing I, I, I wasn't upset I'm not a you know phenomenal swimmer by any means but uh definitely didn't make me any more excited for the race and we hadn't really trained for that so like you all of a sudden you know five days before the race trying to reevaluate you know whatever race plans you've been formulating for that that whole season were you upset when you got your doors blown off and draft legal by a bunch of 19 year olds <laughs> yeah it was uh it was quite humbling i uh i haven't done a lot of fast running uh since college and uh, draft legal was a, a little bit of an eye opener on uh, how fast some kids can run nowadays. Uh, <laughs> how fast did that race go out? Sean? So we we started off the race probably around four thirty um, for the first mile on the way out. It's a little downhill, um, but with some turns. With some Not turns. Just a straight drag strip. Yeah, I mean. It was it was it was probably close to a four thirty effort, <laughs> at least for the first like quarter or half. Um, but uh, yeah, on the way back, I remember just thinking like, there's you know a, a smattering of people ahead of me, and I'm just like, all right, I just got to stay in this group. Like this is this is the group that's going to be biking together. 
all I have to do is stay in contact with them. And I was going so lactic, you know, the, the feeling you get at the end of a race, like, you know, mile or uh, 3k or something like that sean's heart rate was 130 that's very <laughs> high for sean <laughs> so yeah when it, when we finally got to the bike it was like literally jumping on that bike and just hoping i could output like 190 watts to stay with this group because <laughs> my legs were so full of, of lactic acid but ended up holding it staying in that group and uh, it was definitely an interesting bike after that um me and Matt had made a, a little bit of a game time decision to uh, try to actually use flat pedals and bike in my running shoes, um, which we uh, we thought might give me a little bit of an advantage in the transitions. And uh... Yeah, so the run, it didn't explain this, it's a one-and-a-half-mile run to finish that race. So if you've ever done a one-mile run on the track, you know how shitty it is to close down 10 seconds on somebody. <laughs> Uh, so that was the thought with the flat pedals, is giving Sean 5 to 10 seconds out of T2 that is very difficult to close down when you're running 430 pace for a mile and a half. And we also knew I was like one of the better bikers in the group, so we, we figured giving up a few watts to, to have that advantage was worth it. I wouldn't have any problems sticking in the group. And it, it ended up working out just like we hoped. Um, the turns were a little bit a little bit harder. I don't know if uh, for those out there that have biked in flat pedals... Uh, you don't have the same clearance when you're trying to make a turn. So I definitely hit the ground uh, on one of the turns. And, and, you know, it wasn't that close to going down, but definitely enough to make you a little nervous and, uh, and, and treat the turns a little bit more carefully after that. So I was, I was definitely not pedaling out of the turns as much, which meant every single time we went around one of the 180-degree turnarounds, I had to work a little bit harder to stay in the group. But, uh, but that wasn't a problem. I think the, the most exciting part of the race for me was as we were uh, finishing up the, the last lap and we were coming into T2 um, and everyone else in the race has to get their feet out of their shoes. Um, I chose that as a good opportunity to attack at the front because I didn't have to do that. And so I, I went off the front and came into the transition probably as I was dismounting at about 16 or 17 miles an hour <laughs> and made up super cool. We'll try and post it to our Facebook page. Yeah, I, was, I was just like, was out of control, <laughs> but uh, it was worth it. Looked very in control. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you did end up getting like five or 10 seconds with the flat pedals just off the dismount. Yeah, I was looking, I think compared to most people, I picked up about eight seconds just on the t2 so if you figure i came into t2 ahead of them too there's another few seconds so yeah it was it was worth at least 10 seconds which was huge uh but did not matter it didn't matter in the end because all of those guys uh somehow were able to recover more and and just run faster on that second run i i was struggling to run my like 510 pace or whatever <laughs> and they all just blew my doors off again so uh ended up second to last out of that group um, but I think that was 12th overall, um, somewhere 10th to 12th. Uh, obviously we don't care that much about that one. Um, but yeah, I, uh, was not happy with that finish. Although the way the race shook out, I didn't really think I was going to do that much better with it. So it definitely shook me a little bit. And I think Matt was kind of alluding to this before, uh, after that race, I had, I'd been struggling with a calf injury. Um, leading up to that race and it really bothered me during the race and after so I was like pretty pretty freaked out going into the next day uh, which was the day I was really you know thinking was gonna be my my better day anyways 
uh, knowing that my my calf was so tight, and you know things hadn't gone well the first day, but uh, you know Matt did a good job uh, rolling me out and trying to calm my nerves. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> he spent probably forty minutes with a stick, just uh, just rolling it. Giving shot in the goods. <laughs> yeah, when I was with the team in the finishing shoot, and um, we can't really see if you're at the finishing shoot, you can't see what's going on in the run. So we're just waiting for people to come down the finishing chute, and we counted one, two, three, and then, as is 90% of my job, is just calming people down. I started going to each team member and being like, Sean's going to be really upset, so just don't, like, just don't <laughs> say anything that's asshole right now. Just, like, congratulate him and leave him alone for the rest of the day, um, because we knew he was going to be very, not just, like, kind of disappointed in the draft legal result, but then, like oh my god, I have to race guys who just threw down 430 miles in a 5k, 40k, 5k the next day. Is that... I mean, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty accurate. I I knew, like, ultimately I was going to be better at everything longer, so uh, I and I also thought I didn't have a chance to really, you know, take advantage of my better biking in that race. So, I, you know, I knew that day two was going to be my better day, but... It definitely shakes the confidence a little. I feel like his hindsight is much different than it <laughs> appeared that evening. Like, um, yeah, I, Sean is a super confident guy, which you have to have, which you have to be, to be pretty successful at anything this competitive. Um, he definitely doesn't have the super big ego of a lot of guys that keeps it in check. But it was the first I'd known him for like two and a half years. In fact, the first time. I met Sean this, in this very room where we were filming. It's like a week before he's going to go do collegiate nationals in Clemson where he shocked the country and got second, and his legs were super hairy. And he was telling me about how he wanted to do really well in this race, and I was like, were well, you going to shave your legs? And he looked at me and he was like, does it make a difference? And I was like, just kind of messing with him. I was like, yeah. So five minutes later, Sean comes back and just shaves his legs right in, like, just outside the living room to get ready for Clemson. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I would have shaved him anyways. <laughs> I'd shaved him the years before too. Just normally, it's at at the collegiate nets. <laughs> it's a it's a huge bonding activity for UCSB triathlon to hop into a shower tub together, naked, naked, and shave each other's legs. <laughs> One person does the left, other person does the right. Butt to nose. <laughs> Come to UCSB. <laughs> Parents send your children to UCSB. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. Follow him on Instagram. <laughs> At Rod Harvard, one word. <laughs> yeah, so that evening, um, Sean, again, pretty shaken, and we had, we had, the format had been switched up, and I talked about this a second ago. You know, Sean's MO in triathlon, and really any good runner's uh, plan in triathlon is to swim well, bike well, <clears throat> and then run through the group that you're in hopefully you're in the front group off the bike or near the front run your way up to first and after seeing draft legal i i mean i think we were both of the mindset because he didn't really fight me when i said it but basically telling him like tomorrow there's no waiting on the bike on the 40k you've got to run fairly chill because these guys are better runners than you and then you've got to just out bike them by minutes on the bike and not not hold back at all and even more so Sean's pretty intellectual in these races you get a legal draft 
So Sean's very much of the knowledge, hey, I can do 280 watts on the front and go 25 miles an hour, or I can do 260 watts, three people back, and we'll still go 20, the, same, the same speed. And <clears throat> going into the next day, it was more like, you have to just throw that away and ride on the front for as long as you can, as hard as you can, and try and get these runners spit out and get a gap. Is that, I mean... Yeah, no, that's accurate. That's, that's what we knew we needed to do. Yeah, so I knew a couple of guys from the last... Lucky enough, in Triathlon's a Small World, um, I knew a couple of guys, and I told Sean I'd find them in the morning and talk to them and be like, you guys need to run together and then ride together. And hopefully those really fast runners just take it out too hard, you catch them in the first couple of miles of the bike and they can't hang on right then because they're still lactic. And Sean was like, I can try. Do you think I can keep up with those guys? Yeah, <laughs> he's he's talking about Chris Douglas, who had the fastest bike split the, the the year before. Yeah, so that was I think that was the first time I'd ever heard Sean question whether he could keep up with someone in 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 a triathlon. Period. Uh, question, you know, try and figure out what he was. We're gonna edit this out. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, again, all my perspective, but we we kind of made that plan, and then. We went to sleep, and I never sleep because I'm just so worried for all of these kids because, like I said, they're just freaking out for three days. Um, so I've, I, I slept maybe three or four hours the night before. But unlike the night before that where Sean just went unconscious and snored the entire night, <laughs> it was like a solid three or four hours of restless rolling around from Sean's huh. bed. And I was like, oh, shit, he's scared. Matt, was it at this point where you hopped into bed with Sean and snuggled him and to sleep? Snuggled him to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's when that's I pulled out the stick. Br- br- brought some warm milk. <laughs> I would have if I could have. <laughs> I mean, what were you thinking the night before? I mean, uh, yeah, I was I was a little bit nervous, but I mean, it was, it was kind of we had talked about this. We're like, you just you don't have anything to lose, right? Like, you just got to go out there and just do what you you know prepared for and. The results will show it, you know, and, and if, if you do execute well, you know, hopefully come out on top. And uh, if not, uh, you know, you gave it your all. Sean, the people want a sob story. So he told me we're in the hotel room alone and I was telling him he had nothing to lose. And he he told me the same thing that I've been hearing all weekend. Like everybody expects this to favor him. And I could see it like I mean, I could see it in your eyes like. Everybody expects me to win. For the first time, like, not only if it had been a regular triathlon, they still would have expected me to win, but now they expect me to win by, like, five minutes because they all think I can't swim, and I just spent a year learning how to swim, like, really well, and (laughs) they just expect me to win. So we turned that around, apparently successfully, to where he thought he had nothing to lose. (laughs) I thought he knew I was full of shit. (laughs) Take us through the race. Uh, yeah, so uh, as Matt kind of alluded to before, we had kind of discussed uh, picking, you know, a pretty, I'd say conservative uh, pace for the first uh, 5K. Uh, wanted to go out like 5.15, 5.20, which is normally a, a pretty close to what I would say my 10K pace is, maybe a little bit faster. And, uh, you know, there's a, a big group of us that kind of formed up around there. Um, a lot of guys out of um, our conference Everybody was keying off of Sean. That was the other thing I learned that morning going around trying to collect people to ride in Sean's group was everybody was down to just be like, if we're near Sean, we're in a good position. 
Yeah, and it showed. I mean, there's people uh, there's people in the group. You kind of hear like the chitter chatter of everyone as the race is fairly early on, and you know people can actually talk. There's someone in the back yelling, out, "Yeah, this is the uh, the super bikers. Just got to stay with them." <laughs> um, and so yeah, you know, everyone's everyone's kind of keen off of us. Um, is me um, and Chris Douglas were the ones that were you know really kind of trying to stay together. But we ended up with like Devin Volk, uh, Kevin Jervis. And a lot of other guys too around us and uh we did exactly what we wanted to we just ran 515 pace um 5k probably 30 people ahead of us uh at the turnaround and i think we ran a third of those guys down came back into t1 maybe what 15th yeah and um really far down on this one cow guy who wouldn't have even been in the conversation if it had been i remember seeing him he ran low 450 pace for the opening 5k and I remember seeing him go by, and he had a sweet TT bike with, like, a disc wheel. And I was like, yeah, well, he's either going to win by a lot, or he just really messed up <laughs> on first run. Yeah, I think he put a minute and a half almost into us. It was a solid yeah. 45 seconds for the next guy. Yeah, it was. he was way ahead. Um, I remember as we were coming in, you know, I, we even had, like, USAT people yelling at us. Because they, like, they all knew, like, we were we had a good shot at, like, closing this all down. And so uh, telling us, you know, you're, you're minute 20 back or, you know, whatever it was. And, uh, and so we were like, all right, you know, this is, this is the thing we all came here for. And we, as we were kind of talking before, the bike is where you can put so much time into people. And so we knew we just had to really get after it. So, uh, came out of T2 and, uh, I just took it right from there of the, the group of us that all ran together. I went straight for the front and, uh, just found that like 280, 290 and, uh, which was kind of the power that Matt was kind of talking about before that we thought I could hold. Uh, or at least close to, and I just stayed on that for as long as I could and uh, caught a lot of people pretty quickly. Uh, so the the course was a two-lap. Um, you know, Each one was like 12 and a half miles, and so by the first turnaround on the way out, there was only two more guys ahead of us. So I, you know, I was able to very quickly see what we had left, um, and so I, I pulled into first already maybe two-thirds the way through lap one but um those were also the guys that were start we were catching at that point who could actually bike well and so a few of them stuck and um as i came around lap one i think the roy from cu was right on me um tim was probably catching us at that point chris was still with us um but i mean i think you know I, I, at that point i i was in the lead but not by much no, yeah, and- sean came around on the first lap and he was on the front with five, six guys just, you know, spaced out the draft legal amount space behind him and trying to hang on. And it was maybe the most excited I've been in like a decade because he was doing what he needed to do. And then, and he'll talk about this. We have not like in depth discussed this, but he came around in the lead and my fear as the coach was he's, he's got people on his you know, just behind him, he might get a little conservative, he might get tired, but if you've ever raced this, you know everybody can fake it for a certain amount of time, and I had in my head, he needed 30 seconds on Roy, the guy from CU, and maybe 40, 45 seconds on the Liberty guy, both of those guys were right on Sean's tail, coming around the first lap, so... I spent the next 25 minutes just praying that Sean would keep the power down and expecting that gap to happen 
you know, in the last five minutes of the race even as they start to think about that run? Yeah, so, I mean, we they actually passed me back shortly after that turnaround. Um, yeah, Roy, Roy passed me. Um, and then uh, I think Chris came around. And then a little bit while later, though, I decided yeah, it, was, it was time to, like, break up the group. And so uh, on a hill, I tried to, like, put down a little extra. Went a little bit into the, uh, the red line, definitely burned a match or two, uh, and tried to break the thing up. And about that same time, Tim Winslow uh, caught me. And um, he was going even a little bit quicker yet. And when he went by, I just kind of hopped in with him. And that broke the group up. Everyone else went out the back. They couldn't hang. And so Tim and I uh, worked together the the last quarter or the last half of the second lap and got a little bit of a gap as we came into T2. Um, I think we put... 30 seconds on 30 seconds 31 seconds on the cu guy and like 45 50 seconds on the liberty guy mm-hmm. coming out of t1 yeah so i mean we were we were right where i wanted to be but i, I needed to run well so um had a good t2 and uh just kind of came out of there screaming ready to try to run hold on to the lead and run for the win um i paced it fairly well i guess um I, yeah, you don't want those guys to get up to you. There's a little bit of uh, gamesmanship in that too, because the, you know, if it's a sprint, both of those guys probably take you in a quarter mile sprint. <laughs> yeah, no, you de- you definitely don't want those guys anywhere near you near the finish. So, um, yeah, I, I just tried to keep working at it. I started worrying about like the quads are starting to like almost cramp and things like that. So you're like you know, balancing, do I push it a little bit harder and, and risk, uh, pushing myself to a little bit of muscle failure or do I, uh, you know, stay where I'm at and risk getting caught. So it's kind of walking that red line, just trying to, uh, to, to stay right where I need to be in the front, but still functioning. Uh, I saw Sean come out of T1 with Sean's mom and I told him, you know, we need, we won't really, we can't catch him anywhere else on course. So we should go to the finish. And she said, no, I'm going to stay out here because sometimes they need a little bit of encouragement, like a half mile from the finish. How did it feel to have your mom there outside of the finish area? Oh, uh, yeah, that, it was great to see her there, have her there encouraging me because, yeah, like you said, that, you know, you're almost there, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the worst time to get caught and stuff. So having her there kind of just giving me that encouragement helped help get me through to the end. Um Definitely, it was awesome as you're coming into uh, T2, just, uh, you know, even almost a mile out, the crowds start building pretty quickly, and uh, you got a lot of people screaming at you, uh, which is really motivating, and uh, and obviously, as you come into the finish shoot, there's nothing like that. You just have the whole thing lined with people, and, and that was pretty incredible, knowing I was coming in with the win, and by that point, I knew, you know, I wasn't going to get caught, uh, so that was a pretty surreal experience. So the traditional distance for an Olympic duathlon is a 5K, 40K, 10K run. Do you think you had a 10K in you to hold off the guys? If I would have paced it for that, yeah. It's all about strategy. All about strategy. I think I think a longer run generally would have favored me. Um, I mean, that's part of why I did so well two years ago was the run was longer than people expected. Yeah, and... Um in this type of format, or even in the 10K, it still comes down to the same thing. If I've ever been, like, kind of disappointed in Sean, which is why I was so proud this year, 
is that last year he talked about a moment on the bike where it just got away from him. And in that one minute moment on the bike, you lose the race, essentially. Because once you lose contact with that group, mentally and physically, you're not getting back onto that group. And this year, when Timothy Winslow went by, he was the guy that made that happen. And if Roy from CU listens to this and he comes back next year, <laughs> in that 30-second segment, that's when the race got away from him. If he holds on for, if he can will himself to hold on for one more minute, two more minutes, then maybe it plays out differently at the front of that race and he holds on the entire rest of the way. But once that gap opens, it's not coming back. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. So what were your first thoughts when you won? I uh, was pretty tired. <laughs> uh, no, but I was, I was just like an incredible amount of like joy. Just so happy. Uh, I think like the most memorable moment though was, uh, you know, as I'm starting to catch my breath, and I look over, there's Matt, uh, you know, just standing outside, like, the, the finish shoot they area. Let they, but, let in, uh, they let in the old, powerful coaches, but they wouldn't let in me. <laughs> and there, yeah, there's Matt, and Matt, Matt's just, like, trying to beckon me over, just like, Sean, Sean, come here, come here, come here. And, and I'm just like, okay, you know, I grab my water or whatever, and, and, and kind of stumble my way over there. And I realize he's just bawling. <laughs> and so I just have this grown man just bawling and that's when it kind of like hit me like what i had just accomplished you know uh the like the emotional uh you know just it was an emotional moment for all of us and uh i could definitely see it in matt there and, you know, we had a bit of a moment together <laughs> definitely sorry john 